And as we conclude, number 28 over here, Cheshbon number 28, let's just offer one beautiful, beautiful thought from Isaiah the Helegach Samsefer on this week's Parsha, Parsha's Kisisa. Parsha's Kisisa is packed with the Shemin Amishcha and the Keteris, and of course the whole Maisei HaEgel, the infamous story of the Golden Calf. But it also talks to us about Moshe Rabbeinu pleading with Hashem that he wants a certain closeness with Hashem. And he wants a certain understanding of Hashem's Hanhogu. He wants to know how does Hashem Bogu operate? What's the system? Why is it, as the Gemara tells us in Brochist of Zion, why is it that Tzadik V'tevloi, Tzadik V'raloi, Rosha V'raloi, Rosha V'tevloi, very different than we ask. We ask, hey, why do good people have a bad, and why do good people, why do bad people have a good? Meshavenu was also questioning, why does that good person have it good? We never ask that. We never ask why we have it good. None of that's understandable. We always ask, why would good people have it bad? Why do bad things happen to good people? Meshavenu wanted to understand the whole system. Why is it? How do you operate, Hashem? Why do you give this good one good, this bad one bad, and all the permutations? And this is what he describes in the end of Perik uh, Lamed Gimel over here. And Hashem answers him, Vayomer, Ani avir kol tuvi al I'll bring all my goodness before you. Vechanoisi asasher ochoin, v'richamti asasher arachim. I'm going to show favor who I want to show favor to, and I'm going to give mercy who I want to show mercy to. In other words, my Shabbenu, you'll never figure out the puzzle. It's not going to happen. I sometimes will show favor to people who you think do not deserve it, and sometimes people who you think are worthy of it. Shem says, you can't figure out my plan. It's too mysterious even for you, my Shabbenu. Then he says, says You can't see my face. In other words, you can't have this face on understanding. No human being can see Hashem's face and live. If you're seeing Hashem's face, you means you're already passed on to the next world. Then he says, Stand in this, uh, in this cleft of the rock, Hashem says. I'm going to pass through. And then I will send forth my hand, and as I'm going to put my hand to block it, so you shouldn't sort of be be burnt by the presence of Hashem. But I'm going to take away my hand. You're going to see my back, but my front you won't see. And Chazal describes it means Hashem says He showed him the kesher shall tefillin. He showed him the tefillin on the back of the head. Now, what in the world does that mean? So the Gemara tells us something obviously not really comprehensible to us, but it's talking in our terms. Because Hashem, when we say Hashem's right hand and His mighty hand and Hashem thinks and Hashem's feeling, it's none of that. But in a sort of way that we can understand, we give these uh, attributes to Hashem. But the Gemara says Hashem wears tefillin every day. Hashem wears tefillin. As we wear tefillin, Hashem wears tefillin. If he has Baruch, which tefillin? It's Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. But we don't know. Hashem, we is tefillin. And the, the Gemara says, in our tefillin, we say, it says, Shema Yisrael, Lo'i We describe 
Hashem's oneness, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, Hashem gave us the mitzvahs. What does it say about Hashem's tefillin? In Hashem's tefillin it says, Mi ka'amcha Yisrael goyech boretz. We praise Hashem in our tefillin, Hashem praises us in His tefillin. Mi ka'amcha Yisrael, Hashem boasts, look, I'm wearing it proudly on my head. Who is like my nation, the Yisrael? Goyech boretz, one single nation who are my children. And, and if you have tefillin, so there's a kasher shot tefillin. There's a knot in the tefillin. What is the meaning and how do you make sense out of that? So just to bring forth here a beautiful some cipher on this pasuk in Parshas Kisir, here in the Teras Moshe. And he ties it in to Purim. We just celebrated the last two days Purim Katan. Purim and Shushan, Purim Katan. And now we're en route to the, the next Purim in Adrashayni. So it says the Chesam Seifer. We can explain this Pesach that you can't see Hashem from the face, only from behind, that it's alluding to a concept here. That sometimes we see Hashem's Hanhogah, Hashem's way of dealing with people and dealing with the world at large. Very strange. Things that are very puzzling. Why is this? It doesn't seem to make sense. Good people just dying left and right, dropping like flies. And on the other hand, bad people living well and being prosperous. That's a, that's a major question that Moshe Rabbeinu had. And then you, you, the Nevi'im had, Yeshaya Novi had this question. These are things we don't understand. So says the Chesam Sefer, but with a certain passage of time, even we, in retrospect, could see it all making sense. Oh, now I see why Hashem had to do all of this good to this person who seemed to be so evil. Because look at that, he has a great-grandson who now was Makur of Tatera, who was brought closer to Tatera, and all of a sudden he's starting to learn. Oh, so maybe that's why Hashem gave health and prosperity to this person several generations up for this one tzaddik that's going to come in the future. That's just one possibility. But with the passage of time, some Sefer says, there we have in the rear view mirror, when we look behind, in other words, when we look in retrospect, we can see why things indeed did make sense, both why good things happened and why bad things happened. And he says that a prime example of this is the whole story the whole complicated story and the miracle of Purim. It says, if you think about it, Vashti is killed. I mean, Vashti is killed. That doesn't seem, that's not good for the Jews. You know, the king is all upset. The king's all alone. That's not good. And then what does he have? He has a beauty pageant. Okay, so, so what does Esther try to do? Everyone has to go. But Esther says, I don't want to get picked. That's the last thing in the world I want is to get picked. So they take her into a room they say, would you like to uh, choose whatever whatever dress wear you want, whatever makeup, you have a whole makeup artist for yourself, whatever jewelry you want. She says, no, I'm just going to go as is. You know, in my, uh, in my uh, clothing I came with, I don't, don't put on anything extra. She was trying not to be picked. And of all of the women, who does he pick? Akashverish? I want Esther. See, you think a terrible, ay, 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 the most terrible thing. <laughs> a married woman, she was married for a short time to Mordechai. She didn't have parents, and now she's taken to this Russia's house, the most terrible thing that could happen. And we know, of course, 
We don't think of it in these terms because we know the end of the story. Because we know the Gantza Megillah. So we know the end of the story too. But if you go through point by point, and that's why the Chazal tell us if you missed even one word of the Megillah, you're not Yaitza. Why? Because we have to learn every nuance. At this point in the Megillah, at this point in the story, things looked very bleak. Things looked terrible. The Yisrael V'Sher Shavadah says that when we're listening to the Megillah, we have to feel it, we have to say, we have to like be on the edge of our seats. Oh no, what's going to happen? Homer made a decree, what's going to happen? And then as it bleeds out, and the big son and Seresh are caught by Mordechai, in the right place at the right time. All of this is just to show us a little example, a little example of how Hashem runs the world. Way beyond our comprehension, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was moving all the parts and weaving everything together. Over a period of nine years, the story of Purim happened. Until when we did the right tshuva, Hashem says, okay, now all I have to do is lift the curtain and everything falls into place. So here he says, that's all afterwards. But before the decree of the king goes out, we don't understand, we only believe. So some Seva makes two points. And this is really what Chavis says, even when we don't understand, understand excuse me, why the Xar din on the person, why Akash Baruch who has sort of given bad for the person who has do, done good, we don't understand it's really far good. We don't understand what we believe. And with the belief, even without understanding, we get schar for all of that. That is a great schar for us. It's a wonderful opportunity to have the amuna. Because we receive reward for all of the amuna, trusting in Hashem even when we don't understand. That's for Hashem says, Moshe Rabbein, you'll never be able to see from my vantage point going forward. You'll never be next to me seeing it from going forward. But in retrospect, you look behind, you look at the, the Kesher Shotfil, if you just see a knot, you see it's all bound and tied together. See, why is it knotted that way? It seems to be a little bit convoluted. Ah, but when you unravel it, you see it's perfectly makes the shape of the Yud, which represents Hashem's name. So you can't see it at the the outset. You can't see it in real time. But over the passage of time, you'll be able to see it. And that's what it's saying. You'll see it in retrospect. You'll see it from behind me. But you will never be able to understand it in full, going forward. And this is indeed what we live through all the time. That we trust in Hashem, even when we don't understand Say, like one person once quipped, we see things and then we believe things. But is seeing believing or is believing seeing? That is the question. And this concludes Cheshbon number 28. And Mitzvah Shem, next time we'll go forward to number 29. Agutenacht.